there. You're listening to the Cary Church Podcast. We at Cary seek to be flourishing communities of hope, transformed by God's love, following Jesus and serving in God's world. To find out more on how to connect with us, go to cary.asn.au. My name is uh, Mark Lilly and I serve as the pastor here and it's great to be together this morning. I'm excited it's Vision Sunday. Um, it's an opportunity just to share what I think God has put on my heart for us this year. But I want you to discern as I speak because I want you to hear what God's vision is for your life, what God's vision is for us as a church this year. In some ways, our vision for this year actually follows on from last year. Um, don't panic, I see a few panicked looks. We're not, I'm not suggesting we're going to have another calamitous year or anything like that, like uh, 2020. But I'm actually excited about what God uh, will do in us this year. Before we look at this year, because it kind of follows on a little bit from last year, I just want to take us back just for a couple of moments to this time last year. We spoke about next steps next steps. Eugene Peterson, you may have read some of his books, he's written lots of great books. He's written a lot of stuff on discipleship and how we follow Jesus and one of his books is called Along Obedience in the Same Direction. And in this book, uh, Eugene Peterson simply says that discipleship is just, it's a lifelong journey of faithfully putting one foot in front of the other. That's what discipleship is. It's following Jesus's lead and putting one foot in front of the other over the course of our lifetime. So this idea of taking another step, taking a next step. And we also spoke last year about four different stages of discipleship, how how people tend to go on a journey of inquiry and and, and evangelism. Then they get established in their faith and then they get equipped in their faith. And we spoke about how we move through, we tend to move through these different uh, stages. As I said, our, our journey of following Jesus, it's a lifelong one. So Uh, None of us have actually yet finally arrived at our final destination. We're all actually a work in progress. There's always something new for God to do in us. Um, We're aspiring to become something more in the future, to become people, to become men or women who are transformed into the likeness of Christ. That's what discipleship is essentially about. So we say yes to Jesus. We come to faith in Jesus. And then we start this, this journey of following him and saying yes to him on a continual basis as we allow his spirit to transform us in each area of our lives. So the question we asked ourselves last year, the question that I asked you on Vision Sunday last year, is what's your next step? What's your next step? How will you grow and mature as a follower of Jesus? And what a year 2020 was, man, nobody could have possibly predicted what 2020 was going to look like. My daughter Kirsten had a, um, she just looked horrified, her eyes just, she started listening when she heard her name. My daughter Kirsten, she had a a New Year's Eve party and um, it was all very tame, she's a good, good girl. So she had a a New Year's Eve party and she bought this piñata and uh, I've got a photo of this this piñata and that was the piñata. Good riddance 2020. 
And it probably expresses the sentiment that most of us have. I went out um, to our patio the next morning and that thing had just been completely smashed to pieces. Maybe it was people just venting their frustrations on this piñata and bidding um, 2020 good riddance. But the, th- the funny thing was about 2020, I don't know about you guys, but um, for me, 2020 was a really difficult year and I know it was for a lot of people. It was just a year of constant turmoil. But the funny thing is, it also provided us with some really significant opportunities for spiritual growth. As is often the case in life, the the more difficult life is, the more opportunity there is to, to say yes to Jesus. The more opportunity we have to dig deeper into God himself. And so we grow in those moments. I wonder as you reflect back on your 2020... And think about your 2020 journey. Have you grown? Have you matured? Can you identify, if I asked you after the service, what next step or what next steps did you take as a follower of Jesus last year? Perhaps you, you really just dug into God's word and took real comfort from that. And you just found God regularly speaking to you and hearing from God like you haven't heard from him previously. Maybe you learned last year as a disciple of Jesus how to pray in all seasons, how to pray when you're in the valleys, how to pray when you're on the top of a mountain. Maybe you developed the fruit of the Spirit. Maybe you became a more a patient person or developed some other fruit of the Spirit. Maybe you discovered a God-given gift, something that God has, has put into your life and you hadn't, previously, you hadn't previously seen it, but last year you discovered that and you started to lean into that. Or maybe for you, last year was just a year where you spent lots of time quiet with God and you developed a level of intimacy and connection with God that you haven't previously experienced. This question, what is my next step or how will I grow and mature? It's still a great question. It's still a great question for us to ask ourselves this year as we launch into 2021. And I encourage you, if God places something in front of you that that you think he wants you to pursue, something that you feel he wants you to take a next step in that particular direction, can I encourage you to embrace it and to be intentional about taking some steps and pursuing God in those areas of your life. So that was our vision for 2020. The question we'll be asking ourselves this year is what is our next step as a church? What is our next step as a church? Now, that's a big question. I'm not going to talk about what our next step is this morning. I just want to invite you guys to go on a little bit of a journey. This morning, I'm just hoping to set something of the scene for that journey as together we start to ask that question. What's our next step as a church? So let me just start by giving you a bit, of, a bit of context for where we find ourselves and just to talk a little bit about why I think that's an important question for us as a church. I think as a church, we had something of a collective sense last year that God was sort of stirring us, unsettling us a little bit, maybe challenging us to rethink some things, why we do some things and who we are and and what we should become. And in part, that came through various words that God had dropped into, into some people's hearts. And this is something that I think, as we ask this question, who are we becoming? What, what's our next step as a church? I think we really need to take heed of the stirring that God started to do in us last year. 
as we, as we seek to discover what it is that God might be calling us into next, how he might want to shape us over the next coming years. Another part of our context as we ask this question is that our 2020 vision document has actually now run its course. Since 2009, Kerry has had an overarching vision document and that covers the church and it covers the college and jump and cafe. And, and this big vision doc, these big vision documents, they guide us and, and they provide us with some big building blocks that we think God might be calling us to. And the last two vision documents, the one in t- uh, 2009, ran until 2014. So we had Kerry 2014 and we had Kerry 2020. And they were things that this campus was actually envisaged in both of those vision documents planting a new community here, starting a school, starting a church, those were things that were envisaged in our last vision documents. But we're now beyond Kerry 20. And it's time for us to start thinking about what does the future hold for us? What does the future hold for us? Now, at a whole of Kerry level, this journey has already started. We had two partnerships, uh, two partnership meetings in the back half of 2020. And we started to, um, some things started to flow to the surface. At our partnership in uh, December, Dave Kilpatrick, he's our Director of Ministries, he shared about two opportunities that have come onto our radar. He spoke about a potential opportunity in Armidale to get involved in some early years work. And he also spoke about a, a block of land that's down in Baldivis, and that's become available for purchase. So they're things that have, that have come our way. And we're discerning, are these, are these things that we should be pursuing? They are carry-wide, organisation-wide opportunities. And we're asking the question, God, are these for us in our coming five years? As a church, we have a role to play in that particular process. So we can be praying, we can be discerning. And it might be that some of you even get involved in some of those things at some point down the track. So that's our whole of carry level. But the thing that we're focusing on this morning is a Cary Forestdale, Cary Church Forestdale level. We're focusing at a Cary Church Forestdale level. What is our next step as a church? So Cary's a really sizable organisation. There's lots of stuff going on. And I want to make sure that we understand the distinction between this Cary-wide stuff that's happening and the question that we're going to be talking about and seeking God about over the, over the coming months. It's important that we're focused on the right part of Kerry and it's important that we're asking the right question. Is that clear with everybody, the the, the Kerry hole? And I'm going to do something I never have done in a sermon. If you have a question, feel free to ask it because I don't want to move on if people are feeling confused about the Kerry hole or the Kerry church part. Are we all clear? Kim. Kim. I am delighted to let you know that the fishing trip will hopefully be happening this year. Kim's asked, we have an annual, an annual fishing trip. Kim's asked a question about the, the fishing trip. That will be coming up, Kim. Uh, that's just um, something that we don't need to seek God about. That's something that just happens because we know God wants us to go four-wheel driving and fishing. So we didn't do it last year. We've done it 10 years in a row, but we will be going four-wheel driving and fishing. I'll be letting you guys know um, the date's pretty soon. 
You do that, mate. Pray that we catch lots of fish and that nobody gets bogged. Okay, so this, this process of thinking about our next step as a church here at Forestdale, it's a journey I want us to do together. It's a journey this morning that I want to invite you to join. Let's join together in that journey. So over the coming weeks, we're going to be digging into Scripture and see, seeing what God has to say about the church, about who we are as God's people and, and who he calls us to be as the church. This morning, I just want to give you a feel for big picture stuff. So as we embark on this journey of asking God this question, what's our next step as a church? There are some really key principles for us to keep in mind because these principles will guide our thinking as we move forward. So firstly, part of our DNA as a church is that we have this firm belief that God's always at work in the world. God is always at work in the world. And we want to find out where he is at work and, and whether, discern whether he wants us to join him in that work. We're not about trying to think up the next best and greatest thing and inviting God to join us in what we want to do. We want to see what he's doing and try and join him in his work. So this block of land that we are on here at Forestdale, this block of land came to us and it came to us at a ridiculously cheap price for a 20 hectare block. This block became available and we, we said, God, is, is that where you are at work? Do you want us to join you in planting a school and starting, starting a, a church on that block? And we felt that God did. It felt right and we sensed that, yes, this principle of God being at work all the time and us joining him has been a principle that's always guided us. It's, just, it's guided our decision-making processes. Let me give you a really simple example of how that might look for us here at Forestdale. It might be that something uh, in our community is happening and maybe two or three people start to just get this bubbling up in their heart that God might be opening a door of opportunity and, and we, we, we might join with those people and, and start to pray, God, is, is there something there that you're calling us to? Are you, at, are you at work in this particular place? And if God says yes, then, then, then we ask, God, do you want us to join in that? Can we perhaps minister to that need, minister to those people in some way? So that's the first key principle. The second, a second key part of our DNA as a church is that we are a missional community. We exist for mission. And that's part of our role on this campus, is to be salt and light right here where God has planted us. Is Jeannie here this morning? Or she's out. She's out with the kids. So um, some of you, uh, Jeannie, Jeannie runs a, a mentoring program, or she's, the, she's a connection point for our mentoring program. So some of you are involved in the college in mentoring students. So people come to the college uh, once a week and sit with a student. And you play games and you listen and you chat and you laugh and you provide support for, for kids who are, who are doing it tough, perhaps relationally or emotionally. They've got a lot going on and they need a little bit of extra encouragement. So there are some of you that come and sit with those kids and you sow into those young lives. You're being salt and you're being light in those young lives. You're displaying God's heart of compassion. You're displaying God's heart of love for those children in really practical ways and in ways that are incredibly meaningful for those children. It's an incredible, it's an incredible thing seeing those relationships 
flourish and, and hearing stories of how, how kids feel encouraged and uplifted and can walk a little bit taller as a result of some of you that come and sit with them weekly and mentor them, and listen to them, sow into them. Because we're a missional community, it means that we tend to be outward focused. So it's not all about us. It's not all about what we can do for ourselves. It's also about other people. It's about other people on this campus that God has placed us here to be in community with. It's actually about our broader neighbourhood. It's about your neighbours and people in your workplaces and your sphere of influence that God has placed you in community with. Another key thing that guides us as a church are our vision statement and our mission statement. Our abbreviated vision statement is to be flourishing communities of hope. Our abbreviated mission statement is being and making disciples. These things are really key principles. They, they, they are things that we feel God has said, yes, this is what I want you to pursue as a vision. This is what I want you to pursue as your mission. So those things will continue to influence the kind of things that, that we're drawn into. They're things that we want to intentionally focus on. So these key principles, they guide us. We're called to be a missional community, to be a flourishing community of hope, where being and making disciples is actually of central importance. And we're wanting to discover where God's at work in our community, and we want to join him in whatever it is he might be doing. We're embarking on a really exciting journey. It's a really exciting journey that we're, we're, we're about to launch on, onto, into it's a journey that this morning I just, I just really want to invite each of you afresh to be a part of. I don't actually believe that anybody is here by accident. I actually believe that God himself providentially draws people together. And I believe he's providentially drawn us together. He's drawn us into this community. And I believe that each one of us is here for a specific purpose. We're here for a specific reason. Our story at Kerry has always been one of recognising that God is writing this most amazing story and he draws people, he draws people into this story that he's writing and he invites us in, he invites us to, to participate, he invites us to be a part of that. So you might be sitting there thinking, Mark, that's, that's all good and well, but, but what can I do? How can I be involved? Now there are probably dozens, if not more than dozen, things that each one of us could actually do. But I feel that God has prompted me to just touch briefly on four things. So we'll touch on these four things briefly. The first way for you to get involved is to simply get in the game, to get in the game. When I was a youngster, I used to play soccer and I played football. And something that I used to hate was getting benched. I hated sitting on the bench. And I, I, wasn't, I was okay at soccer, I was okay at football, but I wasn't the best. So I found myself spending a fair bit of time on the bench and I hated it. Sitting on the sidelines, watching everyone else running around, having fun, and you can't participate. Imagine a game where there was no limit on the number of people who could play. Everybody gets to participate in this particular game, whatever it might be. And this game might look a bit disorganised. In fact, it might at times look a little bit chaotic. But everybody gets to play. Everybody gets to be a part of it. That's what I'm wanting us to do here. Everyone gets to participate. There's a spot on the field, not on the bench, there's a spot on the field for everybody that wants to join in. 
So that's my analogy of the church. We're a team playing team sport because I love sport. But scripture is filled with much better analogies and pictures of, of who we are as the church. It tells something, it, that they tell us something of the whole and what the church looks like as a whole, but also how we fit into the whole. So we're the community of the Spirit. We are the people in whom and through whom God is at work by His Spirit. We're the body of Christ. What an incredibly intimate image that is. Of our, it demonstrates the relationship we have with Christ. We're completely integrated into Christ. We're completely integrated into one another. Unified and knit together into this body. And we're a holy temple. The very place where God himself dwells. And, and scripture talks about the fact that there's this overall temple, but that each one of us are built in as stones, as living stones into this temple. So there's lots in scripture that talks about the whole and the parts. And we'll explore some of that over the coming weeks in a bit more detail. We're not simply here as a group of like-minded individuals with a common vision. We're, we're actually um, so much more than that. We're not just a group of people who have nothing better to do with our Sunday mornings than come and sit and listen to somebody, stand up the front and talk for 25 minutes, sing a few songs, say good day to a few people and then go home until next Sunday. We're actually so much more than that. We are God's people. People who have been set apart to accomplish God's good purposes in his world. We're people who are called to live out the gospel message that's transforming our own lives in his world. Called to be his representatives to those people around us. And we're a group of people that exist for God's glory and honour, not for our own glory and honour. So each one of us has, has this unique part. We have a unique special part in the whole. A unique part to play in this unfolding story. We just need to get in the game and play our unique part. The second way you can be involved is by praying. We can all pray. Perhaps pray prayers like those that were prayed by the psalmist in Psalm 25, 4 to 5. And he prays this. This is a wonderful prayer. Show me your ways, Lord. Our collective prayer together might be, show us your ways, Lord. Teach us your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God, my saviour, and my hope is in you all day long. They're the kind of prayers that we pray as we're seeking God's way forward. Show us your ways, God. Teach us your paths. Which direction should we be going in? Help us to be about building your kingdom, seeing your will be done. Jesus himself spent countless, countless hours in prayer, communing with his father, seeking seeking his father's direction, seeking his father's will. For us, showering this journey, asking, asking this question, God, what, what is it? What's our next step as a church? It's really important that we shower this journey in prayer because prayer is mission critical. We need to hear from God. We need to hear from God. We need to be seeking him and listening to his voice. And we do that through the exercise of prayer. The third way that you can be involved, you can be expectant. You can be expectant. Expecting great things from God is also part of our DNA. Our founding motto was coined by 
a phrase coined by William Carey. William Carey uh, went to India as a missionary and he coined this phrase, which was our founding motto, expect great things from God, attempt great things for God. We're a community of faith, a group of people who expect great things from God. And we have the faith that he will accomplish, that he will bring those things to pass. Because remember, we're seeking to join God where he's already at work. So come to the journey with expectant hearts. The final thing that you can do, I'm not sure what God might say to us, how he might lead us, how he might shape us as we move forward. But we might need new wineskins. We might need new wineskins. In Matthew chapter 9, Jesus was asked, Jesus, why don't your disciples fast the way the Pharisees fast? Or why don't they do it the way we've always done it, Jesus? And Jesus, Jesus responds with this in verse 17 of chapter 9. No one puts new wine into old wineskins. For the old skins would burst from the pressure, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine is stored in new wineskins so that both are preserved. What Jesus was effectively saying to those people who asked him this question, why don't we do it the way, the same way we've always done it, Jesus? And Jesus challenges them. He says, I'm superseding, I'm superseding that, that outmoded understanding of God. The new wine describes this effervescent power of God an effervescent relationship with God that can't be contained in the way we'd always done it, in your old wineskins. The newness that Jesus brings can't be contained in a box. He was saying to these guys, you've got God stuck in this nice, safe little box. You can't keep God in a nice, neat, safe little box. Because the newness that Jesus brings can't be contained by those things. It can't be contained in a box. Our old way of doing things, our, our limited understanding or experiences of God. So if God's wanting to do something new here in us, if God's wanting to shape us afresh, maybe break some of our molds the way we've always done things, we may just need to get ourselves some new wineskins, develop some new ways of thinking and being. So every one of us can be thinking, praying, sharing ideas, getting into the game. As we ask the question, what's our next step as a church? We'll have some dedicated times of prayer. So we'll come together and we'll specifically spend some time sitting together as a community, praying and asking God to speak and, and helping us to hear well, helping us to listen. We'll provide an opportunity for us to gather together as a community and, and to just have a conversation to hear what might be bubbling to the surface, to see if there's some, to see if there's some themes that start to, to bubble up. I don't know what God might say. I don't know how God might lead us, but I do have absolute confidence that God will speak. My experience, my own experience of God has always been one of when I, when I sit with God long enough, when I listen carefully enough, God speaks. And I know for many of you, that's your experience as well. So I trust that God will speak. I trust that God 
will direct us, that he'll continue to lead us and shape us. We just need to come with a posture of listening and a posture of humility and trusting that God will guide us. God may only give us one thing. It might be that we, we have more than one thing, but if God gives us one thing, one thing that's on God's heart, one thing that he wants us to join him in afresh, then that, that'd be great. I just don't want us to miss that one thing. I want us to discover what that one thing might be or what those numerous things might be together. As we ask the question, what's our next step as a church? There may be some of you who are already sitting there and you've got an envelope out and you've got five points and you, you've got a, a flow chart and you're thinking, this is, this, is, this is the answer, this is what we need to go. You're those people that race to the top of the mountain first. It might be that there's others of you that, that are pretty comfortable and you're kind of thinking, why, why do we need to do anything differently? Why do we need to change? Why do we need to talk about next steps? We're pretty comfortable where we are, thanks, Mark. So as we embark on this journey together, there's this really uh, wonderful African proverb that I love. I think I might have shared it with you guys previously, but it just captures the essence of what I hope this journey might look like for us as a church community. And it's really simple, and it says this. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. This speaks of the fact that we are so much more when we do things together, in community, alongside other people. This journey itself uh, the journey itself, it really matters. It's not just about the destination. How we get there, how we journey together as a community, that matters just as much as the destination. So the journey might require some of you who are already at the top of the mountain, it might require some of you guys to just slow down a bit, come down the mountain a bit. It might require others of us to, to kind of try and speed up and catch up a little bit and meet each other in the middle so that we can journey together. This proverb speaks of teamwork. It speaks of community in practice. It speaks of us following Jesus, faithfully putting one step in front of the other, just like Eugene Peterson talks about, a long obedience in the same direction. But it's a journey done in community. It's a journey done with fellow brothers and sisters. I really want us to go far as a community, and I want us to go together on that journey. This morning, really what I'm wanting to do is just to extend a fresh invitation to each and every one of you to be a part of this journey as we think about what's our next step as a church. It's a journey for every single one of us. And personally, I'm actually really excited to see who God uses. I'm really excited to see how God uses people. I'm really excited to see this community be a flourishing community of hope. I'm really excited to see more people say yes to Jesus in their lives. People coming to Jesus and saying yes for the first time. And also people saying, yes, Jesus, I'm prepared to take that next step that seems really scary and just way out of my comfort zone, but I'm going to say yes to Jesus. I'm excited for us to discover new ways to be salt and light in the community that God's planted us here at Forestdale and in the communities that we're scattered into in our neighbourhoods and our workplaces. Last year was a difficult year. It was a hard year. And none of us knows what might come this year. None of us knows what 2021 might look like. 
But something Jesus promises in scripture, it makes all the difference as we embark on this journey for this new year. Five words spoken by Jesus make all the difference. I am with you always. I am with you always. I am with you always. This makes it possible for us to take our next step as a church, no matter what comes our way in 2021, because Jesus himself is with us. Would you stand with me and let's just pray together. Father, we thank you. We thank you for each person that you have drawn into this community by your providence, by your grace. I thank you for the mission that you've called us to here at Cary Forestdale. And we give you the praise for the stages of this journey that we've been on so far. We thank you that you've been with us each and every step of the way, faithfully providing, leading, directing. We ask you to guide us as we contemplate our next step as a church. Help us together as a community to hear your voice clearly and help us to continue faithfully following you wherever you may lead. Amen.